0: This is a Daily Signal podcast bonus episode for Wednesday, August 31st. I'm Virginia Allen. Have you ever thought about pursuing a new career, taking a risk on a project, or opening your own business? And then maybe instantly, you think of all those reasons why you can't. We have all been there. But author Colin O'Brady is helping people find a way out. Colin is an adventurer, a 10-time world record holder, New York Times best-selling author, and the author of the new book, The 12-Hour Walk. Invest One Day, Conquer Your Mind, and Unlock Your Best Life. Colin joins me on the show today to discuss a practical way you can learn what is holding you back and act strategically to overcome those barriers and move towards your dreams. Stay tuned for my conversation with Colin O'Brady after this.
1: We've reached a critical point in American history. Capitol Hill has become ground zero for pushing back against the left, and we want to equip you for a career there. Our Ready, Set, Hill program prepares you to not only find a job on the Hill, but advance conservative principles and impact public policy. It's just a two-day commitment, and we're currently taking applications for August, September, and October. Get more info and sign up at heritage.org training. Just look for the Ready, Set, Hill program.
0: I am joined by adventure 10 time world record holder, New York Times bestselling author, and the author of the brand new book, The 12 Hour Walk Invest One Day, Conquer Your Mind, and Unlock Your Best Life, Colin O'Brady. Colin, welcome to the Daily Signal Podcast
2: thanks for having me it's so great to be here
0: well you know as I was telling you before we before we hit record our show we're often talking about political issues talking about the news but every once in a while I hear about someone whose story is so unique so inspiring that I just can't resist having a conversation Um, and that's certainly the case with your story you first in your kind of career as um, you know, as you jumped into doing all these very, very physical things, you were a professional triathlete. You represented the United States in international triathlon competitions. You've climbed Mount Everest twice. You were the first man to walk across Antarctica solo and unaided. You crossed Drake Passage in a rowboat. You have summited the tallest peaks on all seven continents. Uh, so, Colin, the sort of big, glaring question is why? W- where does your drive? Come from? Did you know, as a kid, that you wanted to be an explorer and an adventurer?
2: I grew up in Portland, Oregon, so I kind of looked at the mountains, I guess, in that (laughs) regard, and love the outdoors. You know, parts of rural Oregon, the Pacific Northwest, are beautiful places to explore. I didn't didn't have a ton of money um, when I was a kid growing up, so we didn't travel far. But my my parents were always like, "Look, the outdoors are free. Let's go camping. Let's go hiking. Let's go, you know, uh, walking." My dad was an Eagle Scout, so that you know, really, I think that. Um, not necessarily thinking I would be end up walking across Antarctica or, you know, <laughs> 70 Evers twice, like you said, but it certainly gave me uh, a love of the outdoors um, and exploring. But really, it, it, it's a. Uh, it's, it's more than that, you know, it, it really, the exploration for me and, and these adventures really are a way for me to dive deep into kind of even my own psychology mindset, um, you know, really kind of what I like to say, unlock the, the human potential that I think that we all have uh, inside of us. And really, this is just a way for me to do that. There's a pretty massive, I think, turning point for me long before I was really thinking about uh, kind of climbing these mountains, so to speak, which is a huge turning point in my life um, when I was uh, in my early 20s. Um, I had saved up with some money. I'd painted houses every summer and then after college I decided to try to see a little bit of the world. So I bought like the cheapest student ticket you could possibly buy and uh you know, you know, lived off of, you know, ten dollars a day in youth hostels and sleeping on floors and couches and stuff. Amazing experience as a young person. Um, all until I found myself on a beach in rural Thailand and on that beach, I um, tragedy befell me. I uh, mm-hmm. foolishly uh, saw some guys jumping a flaming jump rope of all things and mm-hmm. decided I would jump that rope. Um, mm-hmm. And an instant my life changed. This rope uh, soaked in kerosene wrapped around mm-hmm. my legs and let my body completely on fire to my neck. and yeah. Thankfully survival mode kicked in when I needed it most. I jumped in the ocean to extinguish the flames, and not before about 25% of my body was severely burned, predominantly my legs and feet. Um, and you know, it's a long it's a long story of being in rural Thailand and I underwent eight surgeries in like a, a shack basically where there was a cat running around my bed and across yeah. my chest. So not not where you want to be with a bad injury um but there's sort of a a turning point in my life or sort of a heroine to the story, which is my sort of incredible mother she came to my bedside and i know how she's told me now how afraid she was how much she was crying with the doctors pleading for good news etc but she really never showed me that fear she came into my hospital room every single day instead with this huge smile on her face just this air of positivity daring me to dream about the future just Mm -hmm. saying like what do you want to do when you get out of here? Let's set a goal. And I talk about this in my in my new book, this concept that I now call, I call it a possible mindset. So I didn't call it that at the time, but what I realized my mother was instilling me is something that I believe we can all cultivate, which is she's an empowered way of thinking that unlocks this life of limitless possibilities. So often in life, when we face tragedy or even just day-to-day stuff, we get stuck in our own heads, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I'd live a better life if I had more money or if I had more time or if I was stronger for I'm afraid to fail. I don't want people to criticize me. Right? We all know that sort of inner voice. And in my worst, darkest moment, my mother instilled me this kind of belief to, uh, I don't know, keep going. And, you know, it's, it's a wild story. But really, the, the long story short is she, uh, she says, you know, set a goal. Visualize something. So I closed my eyes in this hospital. I visualized. I said, oh, you're going to make fun of me. But I visualized myself crossing the finish line of a triathlon. Mm. And she said, great, that's your goal. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, no, no, you should start training now. I'm like, I'm bandaged from the waist down. The doctor just told me I would probably never walk again normally. Like I'm going to be in a wheelchair. And she goes, doc, my son's training for a triathlon, bring him in some, uh, bring him in some weights. And so she, uh, she, I'm literally you know, lifting 10 pound dumbbells in a rural Thai hospital, banded from the waist down, talking about how I'm racing a triathlon. Like the whole scene was ridiculous. Um, I was in that Thai hospital for several months, went back to Portland, Oregon, still couldn't walk, was in a wheelchair. Slowly, my mom and doctors helped me, you know, take my first few steps. But fast forward 18 months, I moved to Chicago, got a job out there, trying to start my life, start my career. And I signed up for the Chicago Triathlon Um, and I raced the race just a year and a half after being told I would never walk again. Normally, I crossed the finish line of this triathlon. And to my complete and utter surprise, I didn't just finish the race, but I actually ended up winning the Chicago Triathlon. You know, placing first at about five thousand people. And again, you know, I know it's a. a, You asked me one question, I go on a whole story, (laughs) but the the more like to me that is the turning point. It's like how do I get into adventure? That really opened up a door. And when I look back on my life, you know that that was you know some fifteen plus years ago. But you know, I sit here with. You know, very humbly, as you said in your introduction, you know, 10 world records, all these adventures, um, this desire to inspire and change other people's lives through my new book and and my speaking and things like that. It's like I realize that all of us humans, every single person on this planet, we have these reservoirs of untapped potential, these places we can achieve and get to in our life of deep fulfillment, success, achievement, however you want to define that. But it really all starts in the mind. And in this darkest moment in my life to that point, My mother taught me one of life's most important lessons, which is kind of, you have to pass. And if I had listened to that negative voice, if I had allowed all those limiting beliefs in that, in that hospital, there's no way I'd be sitting here having this conversation with you. Wow. Your
0: mom sounds like one incredible lady. (laughs) I just, I love that she played such a significant role in your life and in challenging you to, Hey, you know, do you want to dream? Do you want to think of of doing what today sounds impossible, but actually going after that? Or, you know, like you said, like you can kind of choose between the pity party or the actually, okay, I'm going to pursue this. Um, now, I, I have to ask you, and I know you've, you've spoken um, so many times about your experience in Antarctica, but we can't have a conversation hmm. and not talk about Antarctica. Uh, just absolutely insane what you did in 54 days. You crossed Antarctica solo, unaided, pulling a 375-pound sled full of of your food and your gear with you. And I know that you were tapping into that mindset, that can-do mindset. You had to be, as you're walking for 54 days across Antarctica, experiencing temperatures as low as 80 below, you had to be really taking control of, of your mind and your thinking and where your thoughts were going. Talk a little bit just about the experience of Antarctica, but also how kind of this training of, of really focusing on on being intentional, on, on um, kind of embracing um, powerful thoughts and um, and taking ownership and setting goals, how that actually perpetuated you to be able to do what people said was impossible
2: yeah no it's no doubt it was a it was a wild uh, expedition uh, i actually called the expedition the impossible first um but by actually saying, Hey, this might be impossible, <laughs> but if I somehow pull it off, I'll be the first, um, people have been trying this, you know, for decades, you know, going all the way back kind of through the history books and no one had, um, completed what is, as you said, a solo crossing. to alone unsupported means no resupplies of food or fuel along the way. So hence the 375 pounds sled with all my gear, which still was nowhere near enough food. I was on a 3000 calorie deficit, even from day one. So you mm-hmm. can imagine by 54 days and I was a bag of bones you know hip bones protruding mm-hmm. ribs protruding frostbite on my face my body was quite beat up um, at the end and uh you know fully human powered. it's no kites no dogs nothing to propel me other than just me uh and myself out there and yeah it was uh it, it was a massive leap um even though i'd had set a couple other world records previous to this this was uh, on the edges uh you know it's not just a world record but it was a world first you know there's no blueprint for doing this thing and so what I realized in the training, obviously I trained my body physically, right? You know, I, I got to get as strong as I could. I tried to put on some weight knowing I would lose so much weight cause I didn't have enough food. Um, but I really, I love to say, and, and I'm, I'm so passionate. I believe this wholeheartedly in every fiber of my body that the most important muscle that any of us have is, is the six inches between our ears. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'll get more into the 12 hour walk. Cause I'm so passionate, so excited to share this idea of the world in my new book, but that's essentially um what it's about right it's about cultivating mindset it's it's about you know uh there, there's a prescription really kind of a one day activity that i encourage everyone to do that where the book is is about that invest one day conquer your mind and unlock your best life and so i had the same thesis going into antarctica which is i can train my body this but if my mind isn't right I, I'm, I'm gonna fail Mm-hmm. and people thought this was completely crazy and there's a times when I did too but I decided to actually delete all my music all my podcasts everything to spend the entire time in, in full silence and stillness um wow. in my own brain which I'll tell you what on on day two or day three that seemed like a terrible <laughs> idea what have I done <laughs> I,
0: was,
2: I was like uh okay I'm really alone out here um and you know e- even so much in those first couple days uh that, you know I, I call it frozen tears I was actually trying to pull the sled I could barely pull it I, I was grinding it was so hard I started crying oh, but what happens when you start crying and feeling sorry for yourself it's minus 30 minus 40 degrees outside well it turns out the tears they freeze to your face oh, so gosh. it's uh, you know that's kind of an all time pathetic feeling um, and I was actually racing another guy you know this is kind of a crazy part of the story but there was a British polar explorer who unbeknownst to me and me unbeknownst to him decided to take on this challenge at the same time. And when I say the same time, we actually literally got dropped off shoulder to shoulder in a cargo plane flying out there, just heard of each other a few days previous to that. Not only are we racing history, but we're racing each other wow. now, a thousand miles solo across oh. Antarctica. Um, you know, basically the longest, uh, race. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's longer races, but definitely one of the hardest, harshest, most remote races someone could ever come up with. Um, and it was a battle, you know, he kicked my butt uh, on the first week that that's for sure. Um, And I eventually did catch up to him. And 12 hours became sort of my standard day pulling my sled. And that's because otherwise I was going to run out of food. And even 54 days in, I was on like my last bite of food when I made it across the other side of the frozen continent. Um, And, you know, it, it it was extremely, extremely tough day in and day out. But that all started with the mind. And what ended up happening on the latter part of this, after I got over, wait, why did I delete all my music in my <laughs> podcast? After I got over the fact that Antarctica is, it's 24 hours of daylight this time of year um, in Antarctica. So It it feels like high noon at three o'clock in the morning, high noon, all day long, high noon, nothing changes. It's all white. There's no mountains in the interior. There's no animals. There's no trees. There's nothing to look at. You're in this endless white room that feels like it's trying to kill you. And all you are is in your mind. Right. And so that can either be the darkest, scariest, worst place. And I'll be honest, at times my mind was that. But it can also be the most strong, powerful, uplifting place. And as I got through the latter part, as my body was declining, as I was beat up, my mind actually started to get stronger. It started to kind of filter out all the noise of the day-to-day life, all the worries, all the fears, all the limiting beliefs. And I got into this place of flow, this place of strength, this place of inner peace. And it was so incredibly beautiful to find this stillness inside my body and soul. And when I crossed... Uh, in my previous book um, that you mentioned, it's called The Impossible First, Same as the Project. The last chapter of the book doesn't say, you know, The Impossible First, I did it, I'm a badass, you know? it was, It was. The last chapter is called Infinite Love, because that was all at the end of the day, all the competition, all the intensity had kind of washed over me, and I was found this place of stillness, this place of peace, this place of calm, this place of strength, fulfillment, gratitude for family, um, my wife, etc., and... I kind of thought i figured it out i was like i figured it out like i have this with me this stillness in my mind and for a long time that was 100 percent true uh the next couple of years i really felt like my mind was as sharp as it's ever been and then just as i think we all experienced in may of 2020 or excuse me in april of 2020 the world shuts down right COVID, yeah. um yeah. and I think we all experienced that in different ways, but it was a scary time. It's still, you know, people are dying, people are getting sick, borders are closing, life as we know it is completely up, turned upside down. We're trapped in our houses. I mean, you know, I was living in that moment too, and I found myself um, in a small town in Oregon with my wife and my dog, and I had lost that inner peace. I'll tell you that much. You know, <laughs> yep. I I had. And I think, I, mean, I think we all did, right? Like it was just this moment um, in the world's history of just being like, wait, what's happening? Um, mm-hmm. And I remember one point my wife looks over at me and she's like, You've been sitting on the couch for four days. You haven't changed out of your pajamas all week. Aww. Like you've been staring at your phone, just like reading a million articles, like the next, you know, what I call like doom scrolling the news. Don't, don't get me wrong, I love the news, but you know, there's some point where it's oh, just like toilet. bad headlines, bad, headline, bad, headline, bad, headline. bad It's, it's too, much. too much, right? <laughs> um, and, uh, and I was like, I was like, you're right. And I thought to myself, you know, when's the last time I felt kind of s- strong, you know? And I was like, crazy enough, it would've been a few years since my Antarctica crossing. And I said, you know, back in Antarctica all alone, there was some inner peace that I found. So I said to my wife, I was like, this might sound ridiculous, but um, tomorrow morning I'm getting up early and I'm going for a walk, uh, 12 hours. Like I used to in an Antarctica all day. And uh, she was just looks at me, she's seen me do all sorts of random stuff. She's like, yeah, all right, have fun, i see, see you for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I walk out my front door um, and I was on the Oregon coast, in this small town um, where my family has a, a little house and um, walk out the front door about 20 minutes in, my phone buzzes in my pocket, You know, a friend of mine's texting me. And I, you know, instinctively reach for my phone, wanna look at it, about to text him back and I look at myself, I'm like, what am I doing? Like I meant to be I told myself to be out here alone. I've been like doom scrolling the news, staring at my social media all day, like maybe I don't need my phone today either. And so I just put my phone on airplane mode, put it back in my pocket, and spend the rest of the day walking in stillness and silence, uh, and in solitude. And when I walk back in my front door twelve hours later, open the door, my dog jumps up on me, my wife looks at me and she goes, You're back.
1: You're back. <laughs>
2: And I was like, "Yeah, I told you I'd be back for dinner." You know, <laughs> she's like, "No, no, no, you're back. Oh, I can wow. tell." She's like, wow. "I hadn't said anything." She was like, "You're back," and I was like, "Yeah. I mean, I do mm-hmm. feel better than I have felt in so long. I needed that, just you know, mm-hmm. to pour over some things in my brain. There's something about the endorphins of, of walking and being outside that just kind of reset my whole body, mind, and spirit. Mm-hmm. And so, during COVID." And I thought, okay, I'm the guy who walked across Antarctica 12 hours a day. This is just a me thing, whatever. No one's going to think this is interesting, <laughs> whatever. But, of course, all sorts of friends, family members, as we all had, were going through tough times, right? This was a very scary, tough time, um, the spring of 2020. And so every time I was on the phone with a friend, family member, colleague, etc., I would say, hey, this might sound random, but I, did this. I took a day. I walked for 12 hours. Um, and people started... Taking me up on it. Maybe they were grasping at straws or they were bored at their own house or something like that. But people, all different walks of life, you know, young, old, you know, my 77 year old mother-in-law. Um, and obviously she didn't cover as many miles, right? We, sure. I said, take as many breaks as you want me. This doesn't matter if you're one mile or 50, but just be alone outside by yourself. And what ended up happening is every single person I knew to come back from that walk had Huge change, huge shift, just in one day. The stillness, the silence, the reset. Wow! I didn't know how much I needed this. People are kind of feeling stuck in their lives, stuck in their careers, stuck in relationships, and you know, just facing just everyday challenges, right? And so, this new book, the Twelve Hour Walk. Look. It is full of edge of your seat adventure stories. Many, many that you mentioned real briefly. You know, from rowing a boat across the most dangerous ocean in the world, from climbing Everest to getting, you know, a really some sad experiences of, of losing friends in the mountain to to day to day stuff throughout my life. But at its core, it is about our ability to conquer our mind. It is giving practical tips of how we can conquer our mind, but leaves with this one day prescription, which is, I can fill you with stories and advice about mindset, and there's a lot, so much, so much strength and value in the book, and I'm so proud of it um, for it to reach many, many people. My ultimate goal is to inspire 10 million people to take the 12-hour walk themselves. Um, you know, it's completely free. It's right out your front door. You can go on my website, 12 hour walk and sign up. Um, like I said, completely free, but I'll just send you some inspirational emails. There's an app that tracks you just so you know where you walk and you don't get lost, but the phone's in airplane mode the whole time. And there has just been this resonant positivity that I've seen of growth of this massive shift. And in just one day on one hand, 12 hours seems like a long time and it is to be alone and walking, but at the other time, it's just one day. You know, how many days that go by in our life that we can't even remember, right? They're like, I don't know what I did last Tuesday or last week. Like, (laughs) this is a powerful imprint. And I'm so passionate about it because it's built to be accessible. Like I said, like, I realize I love my Antarctica expedition. I love all the things I've done. But you don't have to go all the way to Antarctica to do this. In fact... For no money out your front door and just committing one day to it, you can have this huge transformation, this huge shift. And so I'm just excited um, to be sharing this book, The 12-Hour Walk, um, and this idea uh, with the world right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We're talking with Colin O'Brady, the author of The 12-Hour Walk, Invest One Day. Conquer Your Mind and Unlock Your Best Life. Um, so, Colin, I, I think I, I'm a pretty practical person. So I I love that really the foundation and the basis of this book, of this concept, is something that's so practical. It's taking one day walking. If I take you up on this, what are some of the questions as I'm out there walking that I should be asking myself? How should I be orienting kind of myself in order to get the most out of just taking a
2: walk for 12 hours. Totally. It's such a good question. So since you're a practical person, I'm going to do a few, like even more practical tips, cause there's, there's FAQs on my website. Cause people ask a lot of the same questions. So 12 hourwalkcom lots of FAQs, which is, well, I live in a big city, so I could never be alone and that, 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 that's not, not the case. You can do this in Manhattan. You can do this in Los Angeles. You can, you know, you can do this in Atlanta. Um, you walk out your front door. And your commitment to silence and solitude is your commitment. That's you not putting in music or podcasts or staring at your phone or whatever. But if other people are walking past you on the street, ambient city noise, cars, traffic, that you know, that's ambient. That's not that's not yours. So that doesn't negate your silence. So you can do it at your front door. So let's get that out of the way. Big question: Do I have to train for this? this is like a marathon, or I got to like commit to this for a year and just big training program? No. No, the 12-hour the walk is not a race. It doesn't matter if you go for one mile or 50, you can take as many breaks as you want. Like I said, my 77-year-old mother-in-law's 12-hour walk looked like her walking one time around her block and then sitting on her front porch for an hour and then walking another time around her block and sitting mm-hmm. on her front porch for an hour. That's, that's still a 12-hour walk because she's engaging the silence, the stillness um, of her own mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a little bit of a longer question how to orient your brain. I'll answer it, um, but the book is built around this, right? I wrote a book about this, um, not a blog post and not a tweet, like, oh, go walk out your front door because there is more of the methodology, right? <laughs> yep. um, and the book is a quick read. And like I said, it's edge of your seat stories. It'll entertain you. It's not some boring, dense textbook, um, but it is full of practical wisdom and advice that helps you orient that. But at its core, what it breaks down and what it, what it's important to think about, you know, in the short answer, not the full book, um, is... I believe what's holding most of us back are limiting beliefs, as I mentioned, sort of a thought, right? Mm-hmm. And the 10 most common, I've surveyed thousands and thousands of people, I said, what's, what's holding you back from living your best life? And I've gotten the same 10 responses over and over again. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I'm not strong enough. I'm afraid people are going to criticize me. I'm afraid I'm going to fail. You know, uh, I hate being uncomfortable, et cetera. And so each chapter in the book breaks down one of those limiting beliefs. You you may have experienced some of them right now. Most people experience most of them throughout their life and, you know, set those shift and evolve over time. What ends up happening through the 12-hour walk is, A, it gives you an opportunity to reflect on that. But more than anything, it gives you a window into your own psyche. Um, And again, the book explains this in much more rich detail. Um, But real quick, what I've realized is a 12-hour walk experience in that format, actually, the experience starts right now right now. What I mean by that is if you're listening to this podcast, you probably never heard this random 12 hour walking idea and you're sitting there in your car or your headphones are on, you know, you're riding your bike, whatever you're doing right now. And you're like, what? Is this a good idea? I mean, this guy's, (laughs) is this guy crazy? Is this the worst idea ever? Is the best idea ever heard? Something's going on in your brain. Maybe 1% of you are like, I'm doing it. I went to the website. I've already signed up. Great. Welcome. Welcome to the club. Um, and you know, maybe there's a 1% of people, like this is the stupidest idea ever. I'm deleting this podcast. It's calling up (laughs) a great guy's an idiot, whatever. Like I hope that's not a lot of people, but okay. That's the case. I think most people are somewhere in between. Mm -hmm. Meaning that right now in your brain, you're curious, your brain does this kind of this bargaining, like is this like okay, that's different, huh? Maybe that is for me. And then you start doing this. But I don't know, I would never find the time. I got a kids, I got a job, I got a this, where would I ever fit this in? Or, you know, I hate being uncomfortable. My feet are probably gonna get tired when I'm out there, you know, this isn't for me when I say it starts right now, is this is an opportunity that I'm actually holding a mirror up to you. And what the 12-hour walk ultimately does is holds up a mirror to your mm-hmm. own interior dialogue. Wow. And what I have found is even in this moment, in the moment when you're hearing about this for the very first time, the same limiting beliefs that you're likely applying to the 12-hour walk as to why your brain goes, oh, maybe it's not for me because of X is most likely the same limiting beliefs that are holding you back in other elements in your life. Meaning this is a recurring loop in your brain, whether you notice it or not. But what I found is why I love the word limiting beliefs is they're not limiting truths. They're not limiting facts, these are beliefs. And beliefs can be reoriented, rewritten, shifted. You are the story that you tell yourself. And if this limiting belief of some kind, say it's time, I don't have enough time, comes up, but you still say, you know what, there's something about this idea like, I'm gonna buy the book, I'm gonna go to the website and sign up for free, I'm gonna put it on my calendar, and then you complete the walk. What happens is, there's a ripple effect on the backside of that. Meaning, the next time that limiting belief of I don't have enough time comes up, you go, oh, hello limiting belief, I see you there, I recognize that you're part of my interior dialogue, but I remember last time I figured a way to actually optimize my time, or prioritize my time, and I'm so glad I did. And so what happens is that limiting voice gets quieter and quieter, and that possible mindset gets stronger and stronger. And so I've seen that happen for so many people. So the walk itself, there's so many great personal development books full of advice and wisdom. And I'm not knocking that. But I think this goes a step deeper because it imprints on your own lived experience in a deep and visceral way. So anyways, that's as short as an answer I can give to not read. <laughs> the answer is read the whole book because it helps orient you a walk. But, sure. uh, <laughs> no, but that's, uh, that's, that makes sense.
0: It does. Well, I, I think that analogy of the fact that, you know, walking by yourself for 12 hours in total silence is like holding a mirror in front of your face. And it's like, oh man, I can So see that happening, you know, you're kind of there in your own head, in your own thoughts. And then the fact that if you can recognize, wow, all of the reasons why I would convince myself not to just go out for a walk for 12 hours are probably very similar to the reasons why I'm convincing myself to, you know, not pursue that job I've always dreamed of or not um, you know, step into a relationship with this person or, or whatever it might be. Um, so again, Colin, I, I love how practical this is. Uh, for all of our listeners, the 12-hour walk, invest one day, conquer your mind, and unlock your best life. It is available the first week of August. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart. Um, and then be sure to check out Colin's website at colinobrady.com if you want to learn more, learn more about his adventures, his mindset, sign up for the walk, um, and, of course, you can also follow Colin across social media platforms at Colin O'Brady Colin thank you for your time today we really appreciate it
2: my pleasure looking forward to having people and if people are looking for a date on their calendar September 10th I'm inviting a mass participation you can do the walk any day but if you need the extra encouragement to just know other people are doing it you're doing it you alone but September 10th lots of thousands of people are leaving from their front door to do this walk with me so join the movement sign up can't wait to have you
0: Thanks so much for listening to my conversation with Colin O'Brady. Again, if you are interested in learning more and buying the book or in yourself doing the 12-hour walk, you can visit 12hourwalk.com and take on this challenge and take a first step into pursuing maybe a dream that you've forgotten about or put on the shelf long ago. Again, thank you all so much for listening. And if you haven't done so already... Please take a moment to subscribe to The Daily Signal podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you like to listen, and leave us a review. We read all of those reviews that come in. We love hearing your feedback, your insight. It means so much to us. Have a great rest of your day. We'll see you right back here tomorrow.
1: The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. The executive producers are Rob Blewey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen, Doug Blair, and Samantha Rank. Sound design by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.